Hi, I'm Denise Urbans. And I'm Mike Urbans. Welcome to It's Your Water. And I'm glad you found us. Over my uh, 30 years, uh, I've been uh, in the water treatment business. I've had a lot of water treatment dealers call me with some really bad installation nightmares. I'm almost like their therapist, you know. They've made some of these mistakes, and I'll withhold the names to protect the innocent. But uh, really, if you if you ever had a bad day and uh, you ever said to yourself, what was I thinking, or why didn't I look at that job closer? I'm here to assure you, you're human. And uh, I want to share some of these errors that installers have made, you know, installing water treatment equipment, but it could apply to other things. And we want to help you avoid being up that creek, you know, that creek. Yeah, uh, the, the creek that yeah. sometimes fend ourselves yeah, up with. And with no paddle, but we're here to be your paddle. Oh. We're, we're your paddle. Isn't that nice? Yeah. We're going to help you not get up that creek, but. Okay, here we go. What are you going to start with the residential? Yeah, residential installations. You know, really, this is about a site survey. I'm not telling anybody that's been 30 years in the business or 10 years in the business, you know, what's a site survey? It's it's basically something you'll concoct after I give you these little pointers. Well, we may have something we can give them too. Yeah, form. I mean, what a site survey basically is, is an observation list before you go or when you go on the job. You would just have your employee, you, engineer, go to a customer's site. And have checkoffs. And I'm sure a lot of people can uh, relate to this, but we found uh, these to be the, the bigger or the recurring problems. And for residential installations with well water, there's not enough water. Figure out how much water is, if you're a well driller, you know this, okay. But if you're a water treatment professional or a plumber going out to the job, you got to have enough water to backwash a filtration system that may be running 250 gallons of per cycle down the drain. Do they have enough static level in the well? Is their well pump strong? How old is that well pump? These are simple things you can measure. There are some devices out there that will measure the uh, flow rate coming out of a well tank because what happens is a well tank captures water in there. So it creates a cycle of on and off, on and off. And if after all the water leaves the pressure tank, there's like a, it's like a bladder in that pressure tank. When all that water leaves that pressure tank in the first couple seconds of operation, now you're running on pump power. Most well pumps are submersible. You don't see them. They're down in the well. But the one to be wary of is the old jet pump. Now, jet pump might sound powerful because it's a jet pump. Mm. You know, it's got turbo force. But it's not. It's an anemic. It uses a, um, a jet orifice to pull water through. It's an orifice. There's don't only, go there. There's only one orifice. Don't go it. there. And that orifice is an eductor, and that it creates a differential pressure, which basically pulls a vacuum, and that sucks the water up with an impeller, but it's very anemic. And 
maybe four gallons a minute at the best. So that's enough for a backwash, a pretty big softener, but not a iron filter, acid neutralizer, media filter. So get enough water. Make sure it's so important and do a, a survey on their well pump. You can get into a lot of trouble with a backwashing filter. Next thing we see a lot is bad electrical wire circuits. We had some new construction where customer um, plugged in the 120 outlet and it was 220 volts and just blew the whole circuit board to pieces. It's that little snap and white smoke that make you sick to your stomach when you, you realize. Yeah, and it's not covered under warranty, I don't think. No. No, no never yeah, is. You are screwed. So that has happened where they wired 220 volt into a 120 volt box. Uh, that's really bad news. That's but an electrician yeah, electrician's yeah. problem? It was or? electrician, new construction, or someone came in and rewired wrong the circuit behind you. So stick a uh, voltometer. If you question, I mean, you could see some, you get into some places that are just a spider web of horrible of electrical wiring. You might want to suggest that money's better spent on the electrical system yeah. rather well, than the water system. Well, yeah, and it's a site survey. You can walk out and say, you know, they, you have lamp wire coming over to this outlet box here. Yeah, not not uh, good. That's fairly easy. You stick a voltmeter into the outlet, and then you see you got 120 volts. But the funny one that we've seen that actually recurs in older construction is they have the water treatment outlet wired to the switch at the top of the stairs. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Yeah. So what happens is this damn thing isn't working, and you get that call, and you come over, you turn the light on, you go down to the basement, you say, everything's great. Did you have a power failure? The timer's flashing. Or, you know what, back in the old analog days, I'd get yelled at be saying, ah, the timer motor's burned out on this brand new softener. It's slow. I'm like, what? And I say, go to the top of the stairs and turn the light off. And sure enough, it's wired into the light switch. So <laughs> every time you leave, you shut it off. It happens more often than you'd imagine. Well, the water treatment guys aren't necessarily electricians. But, no, but you should but, know what you're doing. You're yeah, dealing with a it helps. very small amount of power for the new the new systems don't use any power. No. I mean it's twenty four volt low voltage. It's not a matter of amp draw. We're not saying you have to set up a dedicated circuit because modern water treatment really uses no power. I know the kinetic Kinetico yeah, guys say, are going, yeah. oh, yeah, we don't yeah. use there any are, power. You know. There are units that don't use power at yeah, all. Yeah, so uh, they're like, eh, we don't have that problem. So common sense there. The other one we found is there's no room uh, or low overhead in, a, in crawl space. There is crawl space units out there, but you really compromise capacity when you get a short Stubby unit because we're kind of cheating the science there. We're making it short when you may need long. That doesn't include the one in your house? Yes, I have a very short crawl space, only four blocks high. So for years and years, I've neglected to get a water system, but I uh, cobbled together one with a mm. special tank, a very special tank that has a, uh, so uh, it works. 
Well, you digress. Yeah. The uh, well, you. I do. You, yeah, yeah, you digressed. The no room is the big problem. So really find out where it's going. And low overhead, you get in the places that are really short, especially for an ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light sometimes have the light that comes. You have to pull a 33-inch bulb out of a tube. So oh, you're going to yeah. need 60 inches plus. That's right. But they look at this thing, it's only 33 inches. So they plummet, hard pipe it into a spot, and then they go next year to go change the bulb, and they go, I can't pull it. I can't get the bulb in. I can't get the bulb out. And that's not the homeowner's problem. That's the dealer. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure you have enough room for your UV light. The other one is uh, well pits. The problem is with a well pit is there's you have the electricity, but you don't have a drain. And we've seen people drain it back down into the well. I kid you not. Yeah. Yeah. The drain was like plumbed down back into the well. It was, oh. it was insanity. So I the mean, backwash water? The backwash water. Yeah. You don't have any place the... to put it in a well pit. Oh. Yeah. And uh, that'll raise the TDS a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was a genius install there. So, yeah, no room, low overhead, especially uh, with the UV lights in a well pit. The big one here is, the next one up is a, a drain. Now, I said about the well pit drain, but, okay, you're in a house. In the northeast of the United States here, we have ancient homes. I mean, on a, a scale of 200 years old, and uh, some could be, but others could be built in the 30s. And they have big old cast iron drains. If they go to the city sewer, okay, but cast iron is also difficult to plumb into. Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys will make an illegal connection in that they don't put a air gap or a trap set up. They direct connect into a septic or a drain, which could cause cross-connection of septic and drinking water. Uh, it's massive no-no. That should never be done, but a lot of guys will cut corners and they'll say, oh, man, this is, this is a nightmare. So the drain is important. What I said about an illegal drain, that would be an illegal drain is a direct connection. No air gap one and a half times the diameter of your pipe, your drain pipe. That's the kind of thing that WQA education teaches yeah, they do. big time. Yeah. I remember that from having taken the course. Yeah, drain drain is huge. Now, if you have a uh, slow drain, that's also a big problem. You got all this piping and everything is great. And, and all of a sudden, you're putting a backwashing carbon filter with seven gallons a minute going down the drain. And it accumulates 10 minutes, it's 70 gallons, 10 more minutes, 140 gallons. It's a lot of water. So if you have a slow drain, that's a big problem. How would one know if they have a slow drain, though? I mean, the drain's there. and Yeah, and the house is flushing, and mm -hmm. they don't tell you. You don't know until you can test it and just start running water in the house and flushing a couple okay. toilets and asking the homeowner. Might be a new install with a realtor. No homeowner around, no history. This is true. You don't know. You get in a lot of trouble with drains. Uh, not enough pitch, you know, but water treatment equipment backwashes under the house pressure. So if you have 60 PSI, it's going to backwash close to that, but at a very slow, for softener, they just piddle water out at one to 
two to three gallons a minute. Mm-hmm. That's like your faucet turning on. But a backwashing acid neutralizer or filter requires, it's heavy media, requires heavy backwash, a lot of water. So you can get in trouble, which would get you into real big trouble if you're on septic system and you have a bad drain field. So you'd might mm-hmm. want to walk around outside and see if there's some ugly uh, gray spots, big bright green uh, swamp in their backyard mm-hmm. and you, you'll know it's almost like a rainbow black water that oh, you see great. it's like a rainbow color it's really it's don't send like the kids metallic out. yeah it's disgusting but then you know back off because you got all this water now many states delaware we're close to delaware they require a waiver or a separate line which could cost the homeowner thousands of dollars to put in you know, it's it's basically a containment vessel that will handle a couple hundred gallons, and it, it drains down. You put gravel inside a something like you'd see uh, that they use for rainwater now in the new houses. What are they getting a waiver for? That if you put a water softener in, they think that the brine and the water softener will pickle a septic action. Okay. And which you know, there's a huge debate, and there's a lot of proven facts that if it's and properly operating ion exchange water softener, especially the new ones out, they just sip salt that it'll be fine. And they want the waiver to say that this softener meets a certain criteria. Right. It's demand, it's uh, operated, it has a water meter, it's high efficiency. Mm-hmm. So if you have a high efficiency softener, you get the waiver. And they say, okay, you're not going to pickle a brine tank with a bad time clock softener. So look for state restrictions. There's a lot of them. I think Pennsylvania, they don't care. Well, <laughs> not right now. Sad to say. They're beginning to care about chlorides. Yeah, they care about some chlorides. That's a different subject. I say right that, now. but, yeah. but yeah. still, if you have a bad septic system, it doesn't matter. They're going to blame you that there's a problem there. So slow drain, bad septic. That's just, I'm going to you know, harp on that a little bit. I'm reaching for things here with water temperature. People yeah. actually, people don't realize that uh, you know, well water is very cold. City water is can be warm and cold in the winter time, but in the Northeast here, but way down south, the well water could be cooler, but in the summertime it can reach up into a higher temperature. So always gauge the water temperature because water is more dense when it's cold, right, and less dense. When it's hot or warm, 70 degrees. So you have more lift to your water if it's cold. So you get more backwash volume Mm -hmm. lift because your water's denser. Kind of like an airplane taking off. They get more lift when when it's cold out. Shorter one runway. Just take temperature because uh, sometimes you can get into trouble that way. It's not a big one, but uh, another one I see is, uh, this is a pet peeve of mine. This is the last thing in the uh, site survey, is uh, poor grounding. What happens is you get a city electrician on country water, and you put an acid neutralizer in, you say, I'm going to adjust the pH of this water, but you still get pinholes and problems with blue-green stains. And what happens is, is the cable company comes in, telephone company comes in, security company comes in, they ground their equipment on your plumbing. And now 
you have all these micro amps that are just dancing around in your plumbing and you're with no place to go. Why? Because you cut in a water softener and basically broke the ground. But on city water, they use the ground of copper pipe. Mm-hmm. If your city main is copper coming in, you have to put a jumper or a bond from across your water treatment system. And if you don't do that, you broke the continuity of your plumbing. But what happens is with city electricians, they'll come out and they don't realize that it's roll plastic, plastic pipe going out to the well pump. If you see plastic pipe, you have to have an electric ground outside with a ground rod. So you got to run a heavy wire clamp onto your copper. Now, this doesn't matter if it's all plastic pipe, of course, people. But if there's copper, don't mix copper and plastic is what I'm saying. You have to ground your plumbing to an outside ground with a proper pole hammered into the ground. A lightning Other, rod. Otherwise, yeah, a big rod. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have a problem with milliamp current dancing around in your plumbing, and, and it always manifests itself into a, a pinhole leak somewhere. Mm. It's a big, big problem. So there's your residential site surveys. So you can listen back and just check off a list but and probably think of some of your own. Commercial is huge, okay? You can make a lot of mistakes, but there's there's not as many. You can take everything from the first site survey, but there's some unique things. And the, the biggest thing is, will it fit? You got the job, you're all happy, and you come in there with 36-inch tanks, and they only have a 32-inch door. And yeah. uh, you're screwed. Your brine tanks are usually 39 inches or bigger. Do they have double doors? That's huge. Uh, another one I've heard... Ceiling heights, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. they get in and it's cement. It's a cement ceiling, like a parking garage. They hoist the unit up, they put the valve and they go, oh my God, we're into cement here. And it could I mean, be it's just a massive amount of money. Right, yeah. but if you're, if you're aware of it, you can perhaps do a side mount versus a top mount right. to avoid right. that. Yeah, Ass- well, assuming you have that your room. site survey, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... That's huge. I've seen people uh, get stuck in elevators. Elevators is your your only way in and out. They want you to put it up on a fourth floor. I just hear all kinds of you know hours they have that is you know you have the when will they be open? There's a ton of things you really got to get right on a uh, site survey on a commercial install. One of the ones that I remember is the problem when you have to bring it up, say, to a mezzanine level mm-hmm. and you have the iron steps going upstairs. So now you have to bring this big tank up the steps, but you've got a safety person watching you. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, you can't do that. And you say, but that's the only way I can get it up there. So that becomes a problem too. You have to remember that the people on site may be safety people. Oh, yeah. Your plant manager, he's going to be your friend, your enemy. We've been on jobs where the plant manager's literally, literally looking over your shoulder. What are you doing? Why is this broken? Why isn't this working? And they, they just make your life hell. So you got to make him your best friend, but you got to do your site survey. And again, you know, some of these guys may be really indifferent. You know, they want you in there, but then they're just like, yeah, it's over there. Yeah, you know, it's over there. Yeah, and you're like, okay. And he'll be the first one to hang you if there's a problem. One old water treater uh, used to do boiler big systems, and uh, he said 
Well, Mike, the big difference is these guys don't own the boiler room. So a lot of them are just like, eh, you know, until it becomes a problem and their right. boss becomes a problem. But so will it fit? It's huge. One other thing that just popped into my head because a customer came and had this problem. You deliver the equipment and while you were there, you saw a forklift. So you figure, well, it's not a big deal to get it off your truck, except that when you ask them to get use the forklift, they say, no, we don't use the forklift for that. And you can't use the forklift for that. Mm -hmm. So now you're sitting with the equipment on the back of your truck or in your trailer and no way to get it off because they won't allow you to use or someone to use that forklift. Now, this happened to be in a pharmaceutical plant, so it's understandable. So really take a good look around and, and that's, that's a simple question, but you need to know if you have access. And will they bring it around when you need it or will you be stuck standing there? Yeah, and one thing you just reminded me of, it's, it's this huge. How many minutes are you going to waste in the safety meeting? Yes. You have Always to do count that in. hours. Sometimes. Some places, yeah, some yeah. places. I have a customer, and he'll know who it is. You literally have to strip down to go into the plant. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, have to I, wear I, their clothes yeah. and strip down, wash, and then come back out. Yeah, that's crazy, but it takes him. And it's not a prison? Almost, almost an hour, yeah. Yeah, there's prison jokes. I'm thinking <laughs> of prison jokes. I'm not going there. Not going there. There's, there's children listening. So that's huge time. So you're going to ask him, you know, how much time am I going to stay here? We found uh, street parking. You'll get fined. They'll tow you away. They don't care. Especially if there's a union, non-union involved. You know, there may be some politics and uh, you're going to be in deep trouble if you're going to park on the street. You got to be careful with that. But that's, that's your preliminary stuff. But that now you got in there, we ever found people that... Uh, Big systems drain huge amounts of water where we've just seen the drains just literally bubble up and over like mm -hmm. uh, like a flood. That plant manager is going to be just look at you and say, oh, well, you know, you're screwed. Figure it out. A lot of them will work with you, but you should have done your homework. It will it handle that drain. Well, you have to tell them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You have to look well, and then your you site have survey. to tell them, say, hey, mm -hmm. do your site survey and then make sure you put it in your in your quotation. Yeah, that uh, you have that, that in there in your quotation. Your electrical power, you, again, even commercial equipment doesn't use a ton of power, but you want to make sure it's there. And is it to code? Is the plumbing to code? Are you going to plumb to code? And Because uh, you can get in deep trouble commercially if you don't really have everything to code. Yeah, and then you have the old safety lockout, tagout. Lockout, tagout. Yeah, you got to be commercially oriented. You know, you got to be really careful thinking you could start out small with a retirement home, restaurant, smaller stuff, and then get your sea legs before you get into something big like a hospital. But it's good business, though. If you want to undertake it, it's very good business. It's great we were, business. We were born with from commercial industrial roots. So, but you really got to dot your I's and cross your T's. So plumbing regulations, union issues, boiler codes, they all figure in. The other one is we've seen uh, flooring conditions, horrible flooring. Is it supported? Is it solid concrete? What's underneath it? Because it's thin concrete. I don't know. What's underneath? Uh, because these big systems are going to weigh thousands of pounds. Is it level, structurally sound? 
So always make sure to find out what's underneath. And if it leaks, what are you going to ruin? Thousands of dollars. We have a guy does with the Bureau of Engraving. I mean, that's like Fort Knox getting in there. Sure. But he's rewarded because he's the only guy that can get in there. He has that clearance. Mm-hmm. Or he's walking past pallets of money. He laughs. He says, it's literally pallets of money I'm walking past. And But it's very lucrative for him because he has security clearance. But still, what if he sprung a leak? What's the collateral damage? So, so the bottom line is develop a site survey for your outside sales and engineers to use and don't wing it, okay? You, can't, you wing it, especially commercially, you're going to get into a massive pickle and we want to keep you guys happy and buying stuff. So Yeah, I mean, it comes down to dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. When you're in a residential situation, it could be a $2,000 system so you get hurt on two thousand but when you're in a commercial system that's twelve thousand dollars when you ruin more uh, you know twenty four thousand dollars worth of stuff i mean yeah and the insurance carrier does get involved but that's not pleasant either i know we've had uh we we know that certain places are a hundred and ten thousand a day for I heard on one job that went horribly bad, mm-hmm. and another one was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars an hour. hour. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars an hour. The plant manager basically said, "If you don't get this thing running by this afternoon, yeah. we're going to start back billing one hundred and fifty thousand dollars an hour. That'll make it pucker." Yeah, well, it's high risk, high reward. High reward. You have yeah. to make sure that when you quote these jobs you take everything into consideration because yeah. it's definitely could be a cya event yeah so there you have it thanks for uh listening everybody thanks 